play golf with friends sometimes, but there are never friendly games. One shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again, oh, there's a penalty, oh. Reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Bomb Squad Podcast. I'm Jerry Lou, and my buddy to the north, joining me as always, except that one or other time, Matt Smitty Smith. How's it going, Shmi? Very well, sir. Very well. How are you? I'm a... I don't know. I'm okay. I had a Kurt Schilling incident today at work where last night I cut my toe real bad and I was pretty drunk. So it was so flowing. Had, didn't hurt. Yeah. And you had a sock game, did you? Did, well, did you loop it, today? It, I did. And it hurt a little bit. Um, actually, loop for this guy who, like, when we were getting all meeting each other or whatever, he's just like, Are you Jerry Lou Looper? I'm like, Yeah. And he's just like, Oh, right on. I follow you. I'm just like, Small world. So shout out, uh, Greg McCullough, PGA. I'll see him the rest of this week. Um, Love it. But uh, they're from, uh, Fargo, North Dakota. I mean, you want to talk about like snowbirds, they're right up there with you guys. So um, anyways, I, I felt my toe hurting. So I'm just kind of like, I'm texting the wife going like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm an idiot. I thought it wasn't going to hurt and it hurts like hell. Gee, like I'm just kind of limping a little bit. But then when I go to take the sock off, that was, I was telling the other caddy uh, I was working with, I'm just kind of like, I don't, it doesn't feel bad. It just hurts. And then when I took the sock off, he was driving by, I looked up and I just made this face. I was like, oh, gross. I just bloody suck. Or- are, are we trending towards amputation or, or, or what do you think is going to happen here? I just uh, need to, I don't know, uh, maybe uh, right now it's drying. <laughs> right now I'm trying to keep my pinky. It's on top of my pinky toe, so I'm keeping it spread out to the side. Anyways, you folks don't need to worry about that. You can find bullshit like that on the Loudest Looper podcast, which hasn't dropped yet. But I'm happy to report, Smitty, that I, um, you know, Mark the Caddy on Twitter, that new, uh, that new account that popped up a few months ago um maybe i'm not 100 percent familiar well check him out his handles at caddy tales but i've been getting in touch with him a bit because it sounds like the loudest looper pod that i'm trying to do uh is getting a lot of buzz just because people want caddy stories and 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 as much as i don't really care for telling those stories i like telling jokes and like the news and and banter and blah 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 i ultimately um he's he like if, if you Get, get wind of his account and, and follow him you realize it's like oh this guy's good like this guy's really good his account's like two months old and he has as many followers as me or something it's bananas but he <laughs> uh, turned uh, i thought i was dubious i thought he was a uh i thought he was like a fake uh like a bot or something like that and uh then i hit him up and he turns out he's like a guy who at least he might not be from michigan but he he, he likes michigan football and detroit lions and but he works at whistling straights so um and he's he's a real good follow sometimes he can be a little too vanilla for me but it's like what he says is very perfect and he gets a lot of good attention and good traffic and and he's a caddy and i'm gonna have i got in touch with him and he is going to be coming on the loudest looper pod for a few episodes so that's out out 
Shout out to Mark, Mark the Caddy at Caddy Tales. Now uh, I am following along as well. I did see the tweet earlier today of him just saying uh, he, he must also loop at a, at a southern club uh, during the winter months. So he must be starting up the, down there. But uh, yeah, beautiful photo Wait. of whistling straights. Um, Mark, no, he just he just got a job making cheese. Oh, so that's his new winter gig then. I, I assumed yeah. he might go south and, and loop, but eh, good for him. I told him he should be like the uh, social media director of a Fortune 500 co- company or something. I mean, the, the guy's really good at Twitter, and, and he, he seems to act like to me he just discovered Twitter. I'm just like, no, bullcrap. Like, you were, this is a very good job. I mean, he's, he does a real good job. But speaking of Twitter, you can find the podcast at Bomb Squad Golf Co. You can find Smitty here at Bomb Squad Matt. I can be found at Jerry Lou Looper. And uh, that's it for Instagram as well for all of us. And, um, yeah, now I don't. I don't give the show email anymore. I've, I've been giving show emails for a long time, and those friggin' uh, I've gotten one email from somebody. They're actually asking uh, Van Dunes questions, a lot of them, and then it turns out they um, didn't even get a caddy. So I just like like spent forty five minutes putting answering their questions and putting together an email. They're like, "Thanks, Jerry." So, in my business, also- they call that return on investment, and yeah, uh, no, not uh, not very good ROI. So hold on, as I take a sip of my. Look at this. These truly lemonades, they come in 24 ounce size now. Like this is this is actually worth it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It looks like a Tim Hortons extra large coffee comes in like a silo. <laughs> it's no, crazy. The silo means something different up there, like a, like a dick or something. It, it, no, like a, a large storage container that's vertical shaped like a, a, a penis base. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kind of is actually if you thought, really think about I it. Tripped, I always thought you tripped into that organically. <laughs> <laughs> nope, oh that's what God. she said when I caught her. <laughs> it's, still, it's still happening. It's still happening, which is actually the title of my sex tape. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna get it out of the way <laughs> before things get off the rails because we're gonna cover the masters here. My uh, my pinky toe's still there. I got a case of caddy crotch right now, man, which sucks. Ooh, it caddy sucks. ass. Eh, it, it, but the funny thing is if i was like gaining weight or getting fat it makes sense but it's like i'm actually like trimming down and losing some weight and it's just like i can't tell what's my friend moisture or dryness <laughs> like, like so, the, the, so this all boils now this can be my maybe smitty's coach's corner for the week um what type of underwear do you wear like i'm not trying to get too personal here but but you are um it's uh under armor i uh, pretty much have all under armor boxer briefs Okay, interesting. And not brand. You meant like type of underwear. Uh, yeah, eventually, the I think it's the fabric and uh, I would say the construction that makes the biggest difference. So obviously the shape. So boxer brief, yeah. I, I since switching to the boxer, boxer brief, I haven't had a caddy ass issue in I don't know how many years. Probably like 15 years. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm on average like every time I loop 18 holes, that's nine miles. Like, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of miles on my odometer here, and mm-hmm. it's just my whole thing. I don't know. It's this is also isn't also meant to get disgusting to like our two female listeners out of our 80 of you that are really listening right now. But yeah, I'm I'm all banged up right now. But uh, these guys that I'm working for, real fun dudes. This one guy I'm catting for, he's a big Minnesota Twins fan, so we talk baseball. Like he knows Minnesota Twins. Like he was talking about how like, oh, you're a Dodger fan. You, we almost got Jock Peterson from you. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. You son- oh, check it out. My mom sent me this shirt. She made the shirt for me. Doyerland, the happiest place on earth. Yeah, 
it's just a fruit of the loom shirt, but she put it all together online. But uh, and also speaking of garb, I'm going to get it out of the way before we get to our massively uh, uh, robust show here. Um, Gorse Golf. I got the new hat. I'm wearing it right now. Smitty couldn't tell because this hat's the same color as my face, but this is the neon pink one. This is, uh, I wear this at work because everyone can hear me from every fairway. Now they can see me and know who or where I am. But uh, gorsegolf.com, G-O-R-S-E golf.com is a head cover company that my boy Crazy and his wife Christine run. And the head covers at their most expensive are half the price of, excuse me, of Seamus's cheapest head covers. And he's got beanies. This is his second generation, like the first run of his hats that he had. He only had like five, maybe six styles. He showed me, he showed me in the trunk of his, uh, uh, the back of his truck the other day. He's got like 20 different styles now. Like uh, you got like a gray digital looking camo with like a dark purple. I just gave that to my mom. He's like, hey, you like purple? Just toss it to her. But uh, you put in the coupon code bomb squad pod, all one word. You get an initial 10% off. And crazy knows you heard it from us. Gorsegolf.com. I just bought four head covers for the wife. One of them was the uh, Bandon uh, Face Rock Sunset at Bandon on the beach. And uh, I think he has like a single digit amount of those ones left, suckers. So uh, Bomb Squad Pod, all one word in the coupon code, gets you an additional 10% off at gorsegolf.com. Now, I am under the impression, Mateo, that we have had a um, <clears throat> golf tourney this weekend. Uh, we are recording this the day after the Masters at Augusta, Georgia. And uh, you asked me before we started recording in the pre-show runner that you said, how do we want to go about this? Do we want to break it down in a timeline sense, per se, or in a linear fashion? And I, in a very lazy sense, said, no. Here's what I wrote down. Listen to what I have to say. And I just wrote, I have a bunch of names here, but we'll get to the names. Like kind of, I don't want to do rapid fire, but there are some that I think we'll cover in 20 seconds or you'll just have a laugh and I'll be like moving on. But uh, there's a couple things that happened in this masters that were more significant and will make it very much. I hate to say, it, cause my boy DJ. Yeah. He's yeah. Of course he's my boy. He's one of my top four or five current favorite golfers. He always has been. He used to be number one, but now he's just in the top five. He, he's not number one right now. He did a good job. Setting the record was sexy as hell. But there will forever be, in my mind, anything that happened in 2020 sports-wise, an asterisk. It really feels terrible. But, I mean, like, even with my Dodgers winning, it was – I forget it was a truncated season because I was so swept up in my team actually doing good and winning. Because I, I was making fun of other teams for, like, like oh, I'm, I'm not even watching basketball this year. It's like, yeah, but I bet the Lakers fans are happy. So, there you go. Anyways, the only things I really wanted to bring up were – or that I wrote down. I know I, I'm just trying to keep a mental uh, – or take a list today. And I just uh, kept forgetting there was so much. But uh, what do you want to address first? The two biggies right off the bat. The fact that there were no crowds because of the COVID-19 situation. Or, actually, no, let's rewind. It's Well, actually, no, the one takes precedent. It Because the second part wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened in November if there wasn't this COVID thing. So let's start with the no crowds. What did you think of Augusta with no patrons? Great question. And it ties into, I would say, a lot of the theme for the weekend. Uh, it was very interesting to see it, how I felt watching as the week went on was, okay, Monday's Monday, or sorry, Thursday is Thursday. Uh, first round's always exciting because who's going to who's gonna go out to that lead? Is Charlie Hoffman playing, basically, is the question, or Justin Rose? <laughs> well, they used um, to call uh, DeMarco's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that Thursday anticipation. Uh, there's waking up Friday. So as the week went on, it became apparent that it, it almost felt like it, it's not going to be as special as the week. 
And I say that because so many things came out of it. And there were so many storylines that were just kind of hidden because there were no crowds. So things like, let's say, lost golf balls. Let's say growing that second cut was significantly longer than normal. Um, the roars, the, the lack of that energy that you get, especially amen corner on Sunday, um, DJs walk up the 18th hole. Uh, we'll get more in depth on DJ a little bit later in the show. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but, um, did it play a role? Yes. And I think this was the first week where it really hit you that fans make a huge difference because really we came back with no fans back in, in May and it was, you know what? Golf's back. Yeah. Okay. We got golf back. We can do this. Who cares if there's no fans? We got to our first major, the PGA, you know, who honestly, here's a question is who cares about the PGA championship? Yes, it's a major, but it's kind of the, it's the redheaded stepchild of, of major championships. We got to the U.S. Open in September at Wingfoot. And, and really, that U.S. Open was all about the golf course, letting the golf course take the stage, especially without patrons. But we all know the golf course at Augusta National. And really, it's about the tradition. It's about what the club stands for. Um, we'll, again, we'll get more into that as, as we talk. Um, but a lot of that tradition, a lot of that routine is drawn from the patrons, you know, setting the chairs out early and going for a walk and coming back and having that reserved seat, you know, the walkway up the 18th hole, um, you know, the, the, the groans or the roars down an amen corner on, on a back nine Sunday. Those were very apparent more than say, you know, Bryson and Matthew Wolf going Eagles on top of each other on the ninth hole on Sunday at Wingfoot. Right. Like I think, yeah, it was cool to see that, but those different factors that lead into the masters really are impacted more so by the patrons and fans. So I, I thought it was kind of eerie, um, not as engaging Good word for it. Eerie is a perfect word for it, especially with the weather, right? Cool. Some gusts. It, it was just, it was eerie. And was it windy? I'm, Nick Falder wouldn't shut the hell up about, oh, up, up here on this hill. I, I could see over there a thousand yards away. The flag isn't moving at all. But oh, up here on the hill, it's blowing like crazy. And then, like some people talk about something insightful and he'll just be like, yeah, but it's really windy up here. I can't believe you guys can't feel it down there. And Dottie the, Pepper, standing, it's her mic. It, it, I, I'm sitting there going, Dottie, somebody fix Dottie's mic. <laughs> yeah. Basically, if we can make Faldo shut up, I don't know if we need to maybe like lace his coffee or tea in the morning something with a tranquilizer just put him down for the afternoon and just let somebody actually coherent and intelligent throw out some golf takes that'd be nice it's it's funny i wasn't even going to bring up coverage but i mean we may as well real quick because there's a little bit of fun to it but i mean i was intently listening to faldo on sunday and he said 20 really stupid things and i remember the one funny thing he said i wanted to write down because like i was like playing with something on my phone all of a sudden he said it and i just kind of like paused and like you just hear me go huh like it was just like (laughs) It was some kind of, it was like a dad joke kind of thing. And I'm just like, huh, that was actually kind of slick there, Nick. I mean, good yeah, job. It, he knows I, he's a Disney. I mean, he does this to us on purpose. I mean, he, he has to like, honestly, some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is, is quite astounding. Um, he said mud. 
he is the only person who slipped and said mud, which is so stupid. It's a form of like Augusta didn't want them to say mud because of the conditions at the time. It's a form of censorship. So you know what they said? 18 other things. And we all knew what the hell they're referring to. So what's the GD difference? If you say mud, if I put my middle finger up and flip you off, sorry, Matt. It, it, on TV, it's going to be pixelated, but that says A, you know what's behind it, and B, if they, it draws more attention to it, why they can't say mm-hmm. mud. Get the hell out of here. They can yep, just think, I, and, they, and I agree with a lot of that, what they do, but Jesus. So they allow hoodies, but not mud balls at, at Augusta. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'd be serious. Augusta <laughs> hoodie. I would wear the shit out of that, just like just uh, despite existence itself. <laughs> ten, I 100%, 1000% would sport an Augusta hoodie. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, uh, oh, and then then the wife she doesn't listen to this, so I can I can light her up <laughs> real good here. But she, she like uh, when we turn on the coverage, uh, I heard some la- a girl talking, and I'm like, that must be Michelle Wee, and she's just uh, and she said, uh, oh yeah, Michelle Wee. Uh, the um, people uh, people have been saying she's like the Joe Buck, uh, but a female version. And I kind of stopped doing what I was doing, and I looked at her. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like I didn't know how to take that. I'm like, is that a I like Joe Buck, but not many other people do, and do you want it i don't think it's a good thing i think that was a, a, a cop assault or like a or a back it was an instant it was backhanded <laughs> yeah like it, I, that one took me by surprise too because i i remember that announcement going out months ago um well clearly i didn't remember but now i recall that um because i was trying to figure out while watching on thursday friday uh, we kind of had the extended espn coverage up here as well um so listening to that, and I'm like, who is that female voice? Like, it's not Dottie. It, it's not uh, the European It's someone gal. younger with energy. And it, you know what it was yeah. like hearing Tony Romo in the booth? You're just like, oh, we got somebody who was just playing five minutes ago. Let's let them take it away. I mean, but then we yeah. already have that Bones. I mean, so she's just the female version of Bones. I mean. Yeah, it, it's great to have a player's perspective. I, I think it would be a lot. I, I'm not saying that Augusta National is not the place for a, a female commentator. What I'm saying is that if we would have had somebody who's played multiple tournament rounds at that course, uh, so you know, I, moving I from mo- sure. moving forward, yeah. But um, you know, well, wait, CBS. Well, isn't there like commentators in football? I mean, American football. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think hosts. Sorry, not commentators like sideline reporters, um, things like that. Um, which you don't. I, I guess you do have in golf with when Bones is out there. Um, I for whatever. Uh, I. But we love Bones for it. Good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He gives that different perspective. We've never had a caddy on the desk or on on the course reporting following along and for the would, life of I me i can't a... i can't think of the guy who does the golf channel nbc stuff um larger like big tall guy used to Fultz. Fultz. oh jerry Fultz. jerry Fultz. thank you i think he does an excellent job um but again there's that experience from being on course so i think I think if it was a, a, a player that also, well, you know what? I, I shouldn't go too far on this because obviously Faldo has a lot of experience, apparently. <laughs> I'm about to hit you with a trident if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, I'll just cut it off. I got, my, I, I got my hand over the nuke button like a game show I, buzzer just waiting for you to slip up. <laughs> it, it was it was great to hear you know, the coverage. It, it, was, it was well done, I would say, almost across the board. Um, but just to throw somebody for their first time in at Augusta National – don't know if that's maybe the best chance, but you know, hey, I'm not the one making those calls. 
Well, and also, I know you asked me if I listen to a certain other entities podcast, and I did bone up a little bit uh, listening to them. But if you haven't noticed, Augusta National has really turned the corner and being very progressive with a lot of things. And I hate to say it, it's like, well, either you go with like you go as fast as the flow goes, or you pivot real hard or, or extreme. And given that what the nature of the private uh, southern ship that is Augusta National, a lot of things are play. I, I didn't I definitely didn't take the Michelle Wee thing your way, though. And then we'll wrap up this coverage part here that just uh, popped up. But I mean, I just looked at it like, oh, she's good. And then I just I just left it at that. I didn't think of like, you know, she didn't hasn't played in too many like the girls events here because that's too new for her or, or, or anything like that. I mean, I just looked at it like, oh, it's like they, they uh, and if it's her first time other than her not playing there and it being her first uh, time like uh, doing uh, uh, field reporting or commentating or whatever you want to call it. I think very much so like she you can do a lot worse clearly i mean we we know that much so yeah definitely so you're you're spot on there but uh and trevor, and trevor immerman is turned into like faldo's mini me like if he's not careful like we got to keep we got to keep an eye on trevor Immelman, man i i i like Immelman. i he like him is, too we can but we got we got we got to tug on the leash every now and again he he is a very straight shooter he yep. does not sugarcoat it which Faldo tries too hard to sugarcoat what he actually wants to say. And I I get it. I understand that. It is Augusta National. They do pull the strings. Let's let's not sugarcoat that fact that they control they control 100% of the message that goes out. Um but I really like listening to Immelman. He's well articulated. He he obviously knows his stuff. Former champion. I could listen to Immelman all day. I bet you dollars to Canadian dollars that uh, that uh, Nick Faldo is actually an android, uh, like from the Soviet Union or something. And since they've disbanded, like he's just running on emergency battery power now, just kind of walking around, and and we all just kind of take it for granted. Like, hey, this robot's just kind of like bumping into walls, but we just so long as he doesn't bump into us, we don't care. I mean, he's yeah, like he's go unplug the cord not, only he... if you start shooting at us, type of thing, right? I don't know. It's it's like some, there's a difference between and we're getting into nerd talk here. There's a difference between like cyborgs, robots, blah, blah, blah. But like certain things are appliances. And he's like one of those robots that does not have uh, a, a brain or like a central CPU. So therefore he cannot adapt or a, get AI or like start to become sentient or self-aware. He is your vacuum cleaner when it's turned on or off or plugged in or not plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no upgradability on that one. It's just here's what you get. It's it's the demo model. It's been put through its paces and good luck. Mudball, mudball, and there was a lot of cursing. I caught on the coverage. That was a lot there of fun. was a lot of cursing. There, Love it, it. it was a blue tournament. So, anyways, going back to the no crowds, I just want to ask you straight up: um, Did you? I mean, do you have a preference? Crowds or no crowds? I at Augusta National, like the Open Championship, I think the crowds, the patrons are a large piece of it. Um, I do prefer crowds at your major championships, for sure, 100%. Do I prefer the crowds that yell, get in the hole on a 700-yard par 5 off the tee, mashed potatoes, uh uh, no love. I, I I could go on and on and on with sayings that you hear from the crowd, and you you look a little no. <laughs> I do not like listening to that garbage. So you're frazzled. I, I there's I could almost watch a regular PGA Tour event with the sound off, just because 
I don't want to hear all the nonsense behind the scenes. I want to hear the roars. I want to hear the claps. I want to hear the, the, the groans. I don't want right. to hear the nonsense. All right, all right, settle down, Beavis. You don't have to mount such a defense, counselor. I am on your side 100% in that I think I do prefer the tournament with patrons because, I mean, granted, I've never been there, and, and it's a different look, obviously, and different feel, just looking back and seeing the big rolling fairways. But seeing, like, some of the holes with no patrons behind them or whatever, it kind of was a, it was just a different look to me where I'm like, are you sure that's number nine? Like, I can't tell. Like, it, the, the, the galleries do shape the holes. Mm-hmm. And if not, you have this pretty interesting course and in that it's just i'm not a fan of old-fashioned golf i i like i like some uh, difficulty or i like some beauty in the course or both but mm-hmm. i mean it's like andrews is what it is because that's where golf started but if you want to talk about like how that course is in terms of like design or whatever it's like wh- what the hell ever it's like two airplane runways back to back i mean that's, that's essentially it and i'm sorry st andrews it's but it's like they didn't really move too much earth to uh to make that course that was the whole point of it so anyways i really really I was kind of bummed out not to see the crowds like, and mm-hmm. as I said, I thought that'd be a factor in other tournaments. It seemed more so in this one, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I'm with you in that. I prefer the crowds. I know, I, I know it's different. It's, it's, there's no, it's no big deal that we didn't have crowds. It's interesting. But like you said, it didn't, in a lot fewer words, it definitely led to it being a different year. I'm not going to go for, as far as saying the scoring average set by our champion, which we're going to talk about in a second, but, but that's about it. The other thing I wanted to ask though is, and this could lead to talking about the scoring uh, uh, record, which was set at 20 under by one Dustin Johnson, the time of year. Now, weather could have blown through there at any time because the weather outside is weather. Paul Rudd said it best in forgetting Sarah Marshall. But I know you haven't seen it. But the like the course plays softer. Well, or come, plays whoa, 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 whoa. Can, can I stop you there? Yeah. Just do less, okay? You don't have to talk so much. Do less. <laughs> well, now you're boogie boarding. <laughs> Uh, people, people, everyone's probably thinking like in their ear going like, Jesus, like Smitty's being like cut into the core with Jerry here. I'm just like, no, no, no. He actually, he just volleyed that one back. And that was a good one. <laughs> um, how, how did you see the course play this time of year? I mean, what, what was there anything you really took away from it besides the earth on the ball? I would say weather wise, the, the, nothing can dry out a golf course like mother nature. I'll just put it like, or make it damp, right? You had a lot of rain early in the week. Uh, you had a, a short delay on, was it Friday morning or Thursday morning? There was a, a delay to the tea times. Anyways, um, the reason I say that is the lack of daylight really restricted how much that course dried up. Yes, they had, they have sub air there, right? They were one of the first clubs, if not the first, to actually put sub-air systems underneath their greens. And for those people who are unaware of what sub-air is, it's basically a giant vacuum in the dirt, underneath the green, sucks all the moisture out, can also pump warm air, cold air. So It's a vacuum that picks up your kids' toys. (laughs) Suck it. Thank you. (laughs) Dude, we're on a roll here. Go, Smitty, go! Just put it on the floor and suck it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, for the people that actually watch The Office and got a chuckle there, uh, shout out to you guys. But for those who think I'm just rambling on, causing Jerry to choke on the other end, turn more pink than his neon pink hat, then... How red my face is. Oh, I just... Then, uh, oh, what a mess, what a mess! What I what I will say is, uh, 
it's basically a segment. What a mess! What a mess! Suck it. Basically, at the end of the day, <laughs> this course played completely different than what it could in you know in April Masters. Um, it 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 did not play firm. It did not play fast. We saw guys taking five irons, four irons, woods into number four, the long par three, um, and just stuffing like five woods in there from two forty seven on Saturday. And just and just Zach Johnson. Yeah. So. Oh, speaking of a uh, funny, funny stuff I happen to catch, uh, which you weren't. Uh, I'm just uh, butting in real quick before I forget because I didn't write it down. That guy Brock R on Twitter. I forget what his uh, Twitter handle is, but he had the most incredible tweet I've ever seen uh, on Thursday or no Wednesday before the Masters. He said, uh, "Bryson DeChambeau is looking to become the first player since Zach Johnson hit a wedge into every par five. <laughs> and this guy's got like like 800 followers you know he's just like a golfing guy in like you know the midwest or something like that i don't know i don't want to i don't want to misquote i can look it up but i don't want to look at my phone during the <laughs> the show and he it got like 2500 likes and like 300 retweets and i, I even messaged him because we follow each other and i'm just like dude that tweet went insane he's like i know right i'm like but it was brilliant it was one of the most brilliant things i've ever heard it's spot on so, it really is spot on <laughs> that's why it's so funny <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, so the time of year that was, uh, that was, sorry, I'm just crossing off notes here. Oh goodness. So back to get back on track, my stomach hurts from, <laughs> from us singing the suck it song. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just skip ahead now here to, um, I honestly, I thought like, uh, this, well, this really taught me that there were uh, less deciduous trees around there than I thought. Cause I really was expecting to see a lot of like gaps and things a lot more open. Oh, which by the way, uh, I don't know what percentage of our listenership is Canadian, but I know what percentage of our uh, of uh, us two are Canadian. And I, I got to say, my neighbor across the road, the weirdos who like their garbage rolls into my yard and I have to throw it back passive aggressively into their yard. They, uh, <laughs> I don't know how like throwing, it's still aggressive. It's aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> but um, they got a few, like half a dozen giant maple trees. Like we're talking big MFers in their yard. And right now, those things are turning this place into a, it's a, it's a hellhole. It's a mess. Like, those leaves are the, like, I don't know how ma- big maple trees are up in Canada, just on average, whatever, but these leaves are, like, the size of, like, discs and disc golf. Like, these things are, like, if it was a spider, it could only be a tarantula. I mean, these things are massive, but uh, uh, f- fuck your maple leaf trees. <laughs> well, sorry. because of a shortened growing season up here, obviously the warmer months, um, our maple trees only grow up to about 8 to 11 feet. You're kidding. Well, I guess that makes absolutely. I am. They're fucking massive, man. We invented basically the maple tree. Like, what the (laughs) fuck? Why why else would I bring it up to you? It's on your damn flag for crying out loud. Just like Japan invented Seven Up. But anyways, that's not the point. I guess that makes perfect sense with the um, like like having like the 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 certain type of seasons. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, those trees in my neighbor's yard, they're at least like thirty feet high, thirty five. There's like I said, there's six of them. These MFers are massive. So, anyways, sorry. time of year i was expecting to see uh, there there was a lot more coniferous trees which are always present that's why they have pine straw and like the pine needles and whatnot pine but um we had lee elder join gary player and jack nicholas as the honorary starter i saw twitter go nuts they're like oh my god gary player he's he's 90 and he rips the ball i'm like he's golf's jack Lalane, folks okay he might have a champagne every now and again on his uh private plane uh that he flies from nazi south africa all over the world but ultimately he like the guy's mr fitness 
he had to be to keep up with Jack and Arnie, and he did a pretty damn good job of it, winning like how many majors he win? Like six, seven. Uh, He's got, got the grand slam. Oh, hey, quick. Okay, quick question: Is Gary Player top go- top ten golfer all time? No. Why not? Uh, I I would actually say. Yeah, just put up Mike Weir in there. I'm going to be really upset. Um, well, I am after. Yeah, I'm glad you name dropped Mike Weir. Um, because he right. did finish ahead of Phil Mickelson this week. Um, hey, lefties, lefties, do it, baby. <laughs> but I, yeah, I would, I would say you'd have to put Gary Player top ten. He's got the Grand he, Slam. He's got like hundreds of worldwide wins and and he played in against the two like he was in arnie's era and jack's era like and he didn't yeah. i don't want to say he fended him off but he like he he waited in those waters a very long time yeah that but, and uh he loves speaking his mind about trees about course design uh, you know give, yeah, give the guy some credit i've heard his takes and and i and everyone like like eviscerates him for it. And I don't get it. It's like he's not that opinionated. Like I mean, he isn't. But when he does have a take, it it sometimes is the most least thought through take of all time. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? When you win nine majors, you can do that. And if you win nine majors, that puts you like on the major. Like there's Jack, there's uh, there's Tiger, there's uh, Hagen, then there's like. I mean, God, he, that would put you fifth or sixth in the all-time number of majors or one. I thought he had like seven because Arnie has seven, Watson he has, has seven. He has nine. Player has nine. I just said that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I <laughs> connection issue. Oh, okay. It 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 got all the way to here. I mean, it didn't connect. Oh, good. Here. Well, well, I talk a lot, and for and folks, for all you wondering at home, uh, he's uh, he's pointing to his dick. So that's. This isn't a visual show, Matt. I got to tell him what you're doing. So, uh, Lee Elder, I felt like, uh, let's not make this a, a Black Lives Matter thing or whatever, but I mean, it's, you haven't heard that, have you? I mean, just in terms of the timing, the temperature. Like, What's that? I, I, the I, phrase? I meant, that, meant that, no, no, no. I, I meant that in terms, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, what I meant was, um, like all of a sudden Augusta is seem, seems very proactive in ways in very like uh, diverse ways that normally they aren't. And I'm not saying it was a problem that they weren't. It's just, they were famous that they weren't. And in the golfing community, we all know that, well, who gives a shit? It's Augusta. They're the most private of private clubs. You're allowed to do that. And guess what? You'll never even be close to a membership to even get to find out or, or even pick it against it. Or, I mean, it's, it is what it is. So I heard somebody say that. And I kind of like thought to myself, Hey, I didn't consider that. Not saying that that was any reason at all. I just kind of thought like, wow, isn't everything really timely all of a sudden? Yeah. I, I think they are. They're obviously the master of no pun intended. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, it's in the tournament name. Let's just, they, let's, they, let's they are the, the masters of PR. Uh, they are, what the hell uh, is that? Oh. <laughs> they, they are the masters of, uh, I don't want to call it propaganda, but it's almost propaganda, right? It Well, it's like, look what Disney does. I mean, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm getting to here is, you know, the, the club comes from a very, I don't want to say checkered past, but, you know, one of their founders, Clifford Roberts, basically said that if I'm around, you'll never see a, a colored man playing the Masters. Um I, I believe that 
came to fruition too. He died in, I want to say 72 or 73 and Lee Elder didn't play till 74, 75. So, um, it it just with that, you know, it, it is good that they are. And again, I don't want to call them the leaders of any movement. Um, I think it, it comes from just the social dilemmas that us as society come into from time to time. And, and we don't need to have that chat here, but I, I think with the resources they have, they are doing the right things. They are giving back to the community. They are creating a more inclusive environment for golf. They are basically putting their money where their mouth is. Um, they have like tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, probably annual in revenue. And for them to spend that not on only themselves, but obviously to try to better the lives through golf for many different, I I guess, categories of golfer, Um, whether it be, you know, those that can't afford to golf, um, women, minorities, um, the the first tee program, I want to say, not Eastlake, but first tee of Georgia, that you've got the, the drive chip putt. Um, there's so much that they do behind the scenes and yes, they can, they can be perceived as leaders in that, but I think they are just kind of the first of the golf community to follow through on what society is doing. And to take that even further, we can kind of relay this into equipment, course design, everything like that. Um, you know, the comparison can be made between, the Masters or Augusta National Golf Club and the USGA in that one is deemed proactive and one is deemed reactive where the USGA usually, you know, if for lack of a better word, fucks up or neglects, uh, ignores an issue until it becomes so front facing right in front of you that they have to do something about it. Augusta National I think the only topic that they really budged on was the, the female members. Uh, they were under a lot of scrutiny in the early 2000s. They, I don't want to say gave in, but it, I, it took them a long, long, long time to finally admit. A As does everything, everything in golf takes a long time. It moves at a glacial mm-hmm. pace. You're right. And, and I think that's the reason why I don't want to put them up on this pedestal because they are slow moving, but they'll usually be the first to do something. So kudos to them for that, obviously, with the scholarship announcements, um, having Lee Elder be part of the first tee opening ceremonies moving forward in 2021. So so overall, great things. But um, I, I, as with anything, there's always more we can be doing. The, the Masters, as we saw from all the hashtags I was making fun of on Twitter... The Masters transcends its mere presence as an event or a golf tournament. It is, mm-hmm. it's a brand. I mean, in every way, shape, and form. Like, how, how do you, have you ever been to the Masters before, Matt? I haven't. I haven't either. How can we know, like, what the menu is and, like, and, like, how cheap the sandwiches are? Like, and, and I've never had pimento sandwiches in my life, but I, like, now I'm intrigued because they're sold at the Masters. Exclusivity mm-hmm. and, and elitism. I know I mispronounced one of those words do mean something. I mean, it's like, unless you're a complete socialist, which is no problem. The more I think about it, the more I probably am a socialist at heart, but ultimately I'm a fan of not necessarily capitalism. I'm a fan of opulence. 
I always, I, I mean, I like, I like, I just, I just bought $200 sunglasses online the other day from a brand I've never even heard of, but I did my research, like hardcore research. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sink some money into some actual golf sunglasses now and actually wear them for caddying or for golf or whatever. But I, I also, I was kind of coming up with a comparison of, it's like the master's like a Coca-Cola. You might not even drink soda pop or you might be a Pepsi Cola guy or RC or whatever, but guess what? Coke's still number one and you're not going to be able to stop that. Yep. I mean, it, it is what it is. And then they slap their brand on lunch boxes and like and thermoses and like t-shirts and just, and it's fine. Like this is the only piece of masters, anything I own. And this uh, PGA uh, professional at a club I work for, he brought back this hat to all the guys in outside services. And I'm just like, yeah, sweet. Thanks. I've never worn it, but it's like, Hey, this is a master's hat. I mean, it's or mm-hmm. from Augusta. It's, it's probably like the corniest hat that I'd never wear, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but this is, you know, it's, it means it's, something. It's, it's, it's from that place. Yeah, exactly. So anywho, I, um, yeah, I was mostly just most, I really didn't want to talk about the starters that much. I mean, it's, and, and, and honestly, we could do a whole separate podcast on the whole progression and, and evolution or very lack thereof of golf, because I tell people constantly on the course and I'm, and I won't vamp about this any longer, golf started in england in the 1500s or at least as far as getting to america like there's a lot of uh like arguments saying the dutch started uh, before that the chinese started even way before that but in terms of where it came to america from or at least canada as well it started in england in the Mm -hmm. in the in the 16th century sometime and all of a sudden like it took walter hagen showing up in the 1920s for him to demand respect for the golf professional and they got it. And then 40 years later, Arnold Palmer shows up with his TV cameras and all of a sudden golf comes off the rock that is uh, the United Kingdom and golf means something because America got a hold of it. And with our, with our TV cameras and everyone watches TV, whether you like it or not, because we're the ones with the most channels and like and the best technology, blah, 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 blah. I mean, just the way it was back during the space race. So that all being said, that alone right there is an example of glacial pace. So if I want to look at like trendsetters, that's why I revere Walter Hagen so much. And that's why I revere Arnold Palmer so much, uh, resumes notwithstanding. And then the next person in a, in a generational era or order, I would throw Tiger Woods as the next on that pile. I mean, because like, yeah, every 40 years, somebody moves the lever somehow. And and that's why Tiger Woods, I'm, I, we can talk about him here in like all this, this player section, but I was kind of bummed that he didn't do as good as he could. Uh, but uh, But he's still there. He's still swinging. So... Anywho, well, we'll address that part at the end, but uh, I wrote this down because here's some of the names I just want to rapid fire off to you, whatever. I got IBS in, on Thursday so bad looking at that leaderboard because it was chock full of guys that I love naysaying and I just hate so much. But I also, thanks to Paul Casey, I got a little little warmth in my heart because like I, I was about to tweet it, but it would be very hateful. But I said like, oh, since Paul Casey's leading round one, does that mean we're not going to talk about him for the next three days? Because I, it's just like he, he just he shot his wad. Like the, the, the only place you don't want to shoot your wads is a major tournament, especially Augusta. And and also DJ winning, uh, I guess my app fucked up. I've, and I was singing its praises the day before. And all of a sudden I was announcing to the wife, oh, the overnight leader is Paul Casey all by himself because DJ wasn't on the app. He wasn't on the leaderboard. And I heard somebody else talking about him. Just like, no, nah, that can't be right. They're just like, oh, it's not posted. And then I looked there and then I'm sitting there going like, wait, how's DJ in the lead? Did he tee off early this morning on Friday? Anyways. So rapid fire Paul Casey is no, no, I I'll totally jump in here. And you're absolutely right. At a major championship, you're going to talk about Paul Casey one time. That's it. 
tournament, any tournament. That's why when he's in the hunt on Sunday, I, my ears are perked up because it's like all he has to do is keep his head above water long enough and Paul Casey is close to becoming a major champion. He, he's done it a few times lately. He has. He's, he's had a couple runs, uh, especially at the Masters. But uh, is he, he was... is he, is he the assistant coach in the whole, oh, he's such a nice guy, I want him to win team? He, is he honorary captain or assistant coach? He's meritous. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. he's been around a long time. He still looks pretty young, but he's old as hell. I mean, he I, is. I, I'm turning on Paul Casey, so whatever. He disappeared. Um, Tommy Fleetwood was on there. I remember I, I put out a tweet saying uh, when Tommy Fleetwood had like the low round of that day or whatever, I essentially was telling everyone, and now he'll disappear. Can everyone give me my money, please? Because that's exactly what he does. He shoots the low round and then he fucks right off. So, so basically, we're going to go through about five names here by the sounds of it that go, oh, yeah, I heard him. He's at, he, he was like leading the tournament, right? And then you look where he finished. It's like, yeah, he wasn't even top 15. It was like, it's like they were all playing for the cut. Nobody was working for the weekend. <laughs> I mean, oh, Everybody. shoot. We, we, we forgot uh, real quick. We forgot the golf quote at the very beginning of the episode. I forgot to ask you. Sorry, folks. We're doing a little thing now where <laughs> 40, 40 minutes in where um, Smitty, uh, I say the golf quote and Smitty has to guess uh, who said it. So I'll just repeat the quote real quick. It's a really good one. I play golf with friends sometimes, but there are never friendly games. Who is Michael Jordan? Oh, that's that's uh, in the right vein. Uh, I, I'd say, you know what, you get another try. This one's a golfer. But okay. think in terms of dominance and mental attitude, that, like Michael Jordan was a very, very, very astute answer, but not correct. Yeah, because that's that's kind of what I got is, hey, we might be friends, but if there's money in the line, I'm taking you the F down. Um, or, or think about this person, just just the sheer fact that we're competing against each other. You're going down. So my brain automatically goes to Tiger Woods, but and I also want to say. Red herring. What's that? Tiger's the red herring. I'll throw that one out because I don't want to have the Michael Jordan Tiger Woods exact comp. That's not the point. Um, or Phil Mickelson, just because of his gambling history. You know, I really expected more out of Smitty because you're, you know, you're you're a golf professional and you're our resident historian as much as I want uh, to be. But that's why you are, is because I say you are. Uh, it's Ben Hogan, buddy. Eh, eh, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those ones where when you hear the when you hear the name, you'd be like, no, nope, no shit. Of course he said that. <laughs> well, well, at the in, in the same vein, it's like. Did he actually speak ever? He spoke a lot. He was pretty opinionated. I've heard some, I've, I've, I know you're being funny, but I've heard uh, plenty of stories about him where I'm just like, whoa, I actually could have gone without hearing that. Like, it's like Tommy mm-hmm. Boy, benches. I could have done without that. So, Who's next? Who do we got next? Okay, so Fleetwood, uh, he can jog on. Um, Lee Westwood, I've turned the corner on because the more this guy plays golf, the more I, I've gotten over hating his swing, and he seems to have found life support at Augusta only. Remember, I, I, I brought this up uh, on one of our very first episodes, and I'll pull it up here again. But Lee Westwood, dare I say, has been trending at Augusta. He doesn't seem to, uh, to like have carte blanche or membership anywhere else, even as a pool member. But at Augusta, in his like, God, he's almost 50 now. I'll find it here. He's really starting to turn it on. I mean, he was only there for a minute, but I, I was the reason why I brought him up was, Oh, thank God. This guy used to really give me indigestion and I used to really hate him. But now I, I, I'd like to see him win a masters. If this is the only thing that he seems to be like showing up for it. What, what, what's with the face? What's your problem? I was like, I was a captain of the Lee Westwood hater club. And now I'm, I'm, I'm resigning my post. 
that that's fine and dandy. All I have to say about him, well, I have a couple things to say about him. He'll probably oh. be in contention at next year's U.S. Open. Um, that being Tory Pines. And my second take there is that, uh, yeah, UPS it just never delivers on Sunday. <laughs> it's funny because I was just thinking Louis Oosthuizen and him are like little Ewoks twins separated at birth. <laughs> yeah, and just... I didn't even write Louis on here because I was watching Louis just go to. It was like he. It, I'm not going to use a Hindenburg ref- reference, but it was like a blimp going down. Yep. It was just going down slowly, and I was loving it because that man has cost me too much money. He's not allowed to win majors ever again. Yeah, he's like the hot air balloon, right? Yeah. You start, yes. you rise, you rise really fast, and then you level out, and then you just slowly drop back to earth. It's it's not like very sudden. It's just a nice slow descent into mediocrity and another two hundred thousand dollar paycheck on the weekend because you know that's what tied for twenty third does at the Masters for you. So real quick, because this is just this is Lee Westwood's uh, career at the Masters. His very first one was ninety seven. Um, whoops. Oh, I'm closing everything real quick. Hold on. Uh, I didn't get his age real quick. That that wasn't that was the first thing. He is 47. Okay, I guessed it. He's 47, and his first Masters appearance. Quit screwed up, Jerry. This is the big time. World Golf Championships. Here we go. Major, major. His first Masters appearance was in 1997, and within three years, he was already getting a, a T6 for a top 10 finish. But uh, mm. yeah, he's had a lot of cuts. There's a lot of years where he just outright didn't play. But then all of a sudden, starting in, where is it here? Starting in 2010, he goes second place, T11, T3, T8, seventh place. And then 2015, T46. Then 2016, T2. And then 2017, T18. Then doesn't play for two years. And he does muster up a T38 in this one. But, I mean, it's like clearly his best golf of Augusta has been the second half of his career there. I mean, which mm-hmm. – that's why I look at DJ going, well, that guy can win more majors because he's hitting his stride. He's hitting his prime. I mean, God forbid, the same yep. thing happened to Phil. So uh, any thoughts on Lee Westwood? That was meant to be a quick one. Uh, I think what I need to say has already been said. We can move on from Lee Westwood. Uh, how about how about Hideki? Like, like he, he seemed to be like the one who was like the last one to fall off the cliff. Like everyone was dangling and people were just like losing their grip one at a time. And, and Hideki stuck around long enough that I'm like, when's he going to make a move finally? When is he going to like... Get, like kick your door down with a fire extinguisher and actually get your ass. I mean, yeah, I don't understand Hideki. If that's a fair take, I, I he's gotten rid of the pause at the top by the looks of things. So he has a real golf swing. Now he doesn't there was have nothing wrong with pause at the top though. No, there, there's nothing wrong. If you've never been to a golf course and you only go to a range as your form of golf. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I know you're the professional in this regard and we could probably debate that until we're both blue in the face uh, properly. But I, 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 I substantially disagree on that, but I mean, I probably lack the education to fully back myself up. Well, all I'm going to say is that he'll never putt well enough to. Well, that, oh, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's the, isn't that the main point? The guy's like the worst putter on the planet. It looks it, for a guy that could show up at a PGA tour event and you know, has the, the skill to just T5, T10 every week of the year. To watch him then putt, it honestly puts me on the verge of a of a of a nervous breakdown. Just watching it, like I I, I don't I honestly I I know he's right handed. 
but I don't, I don't know which way he's going to pull the putter back. I, I, I'm not quite sure which direction <laughs> like, he's trying to hit this putt. I'm like, I don't know. Like, is he like, it, you know, there's that, that, that Twitter profile is when is Hideki going to win or did Hideki win? I, I believe was, I have not it was heard. Like, yeah. And it was like a daily counter of how many days it's been since Hideki won. Is this account still around? Because I feel like I might've remembered it, but. I, I don't know if it did or not, but honestly, when he's over a putt, it's like, is Hideki going to get this within 10 feet of the hole? Can, like, can honestly, you, that. Can you just fathom for a second how good he is if he puts that badly? How good he is at the rest of his golf game? That's mm-hmm. why I don't, I'm, I don't besmirch per se necessarily the pause in a swing because I'm like, that, what, like that's, that was the first thing I said. That wasn't his issue. That was not his problem. Yeah, getting, let, getting let, the ball let, onto the green was never a problem for him. No, it's just getting it in the hole. It's 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 painful to watch. Next, yes, it, it's baffling. I feel bad for the guy. Here's a couple I want to move around. I'll just pepper you with one real quick, just because uh, it gave me IBS. But then I wanted to really text your ass about it. Xander Shoffley, defend your boy, defend your boy. What happened to old X? Uh, I I I I don't know. I good it's, great start first round exactly 67 just y- you don't know oh, that's so. exactly what I was gonna say that's why I was hoping since you picked him for so much in life just like everybody else like I, I feel like you guys sound like Trump voters all of a sudden where everyone's just like oh where's your chest in this now I'm kidding I could have picked any other competition that one's just topical um so uh yeah sorry that was all I wanted to ask it it's like on the office when Andy's floating away in the uh in the uh the sumo suit and michael's just like and andy where the hell is he where is he and, and it, it's like there's xander like bobbing in the water back there trying to swim back to shore but he can't move yeah <laughs> I, I, good... I didn't want to look up these guys scores unless you unless you want to have them on the ready <laughs> okay so uh, another another one jordan jordan spieth uh thoughts train wreck well, yeah, but I heard that the no laying up guys mentioned. I forget who the comp was, but they said something to the degree of it's like they they took they said like Jordan Spieth essentially just goes out there and shoots seventy three, but the way he does it, all the cameras are up his ass because it's just so all over the place. It's just like Scotty Scheffler doesn't get that kind of attention or whatever. I forget who they mentioned, but it was a, it was a really good comp. I, I I did appreciate that, but uh, yeah, I just wrote down Jordan because you know it's obviously topical. Here's okay, now here's two little categories of people that are uh, three of them real quick. And I'm going to pop through these guys. Cause I know it's going to be fast. Do you got anything you want to say about Dylan Fratelli, uh, Sung J M or Cam Smith? Uh, yes. Uh, Dylan Fratelli. Don't know a ton about him. Apparently. Uh, Cause I only heard it about 17 times during this week's broadcast is that uh, he's been speed training. Did you know this, that golfers now speed train and they pick up yardage this way. It's I, I had never heard of it until this week. You know, I get what you're saying, but I must have been. I was listening to the Masters app live. I must. Oh, have been... hold on, hold on, Jerry. Uh, this just in: Nick Faldo is still talking about how Dylan Fratelli uses speed training. No, you got that all wrong. Nick's talking about how windy it is up on the hill. Oh, the cloud move. That's right. It's going to the right. That. The yes. Yeah. Move. You're. You're. Jesus you're right. Christ. Sorry. Okay, so Dylan Fratelli just sounds delicious to me. Uh, Sung JM, that speaking of speaking of mashed potatoes, that guy. I think I heard like Faldo at one point say he's just like, "Does that ever get boring driving the ball like that?" And I'm like, "Fuck off!" I wish I caddy for people who drove the ball like that. That guy is, oh, that guy knows knows how to use the driver like like an effective like 
butterfly knife. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. not only that, but I could watch him chip and putt all day. His he, his short game. He led, so he he led in putts per per green regulation. Not the greatest statistic to use anymore, um, only because he missed a lot of greens and got up and down <laughs> from everywhere. Like even yeah, Dottie was I like, better, I yeah. could, like I want this guy short game. Like if 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 I lose my chipping, my putting, and I have to borrow someone else's, Sung J M. I, I thought said that. That's great that you yeah. said that because I'm I'm giving him his reverence for his uh, tee game or whatever, just mm-hmm. or, or just just the way he wallops the ball. I mean, he like having him and DJ in the same group. Mike, now this is awesome. Like these two guys, like you got to wear earplugs around these guys. Like they're even when they're hitting four irons, it's just like God, oh, God, was that a shovel? Just like oh, God, yeah, geez. I mean, oh no, it's just Sungjae, this like oddly shaped uh, Asian boy, um, yep. and Cam Smith. Oh, I love love how you brought this up. Uh, the way he escaped trouble during that last round. Oh, well, I was going to say, what hole specifically? <laughs> and, and that shot on nine, I, I will say, was glimpses of, of Matt Smith. And, and, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but network director Ty, um, attorney boss, knows exactly what I'm talking about here, where drive it in the trees. Hey, been here, done that. Why don't I hit a screaming? <laughs> I like that's your that's your subtext under driving in the trees. Hey, been there, done that. Been <laughs> there, done that. Nobody's around to get you. <laughs> oh, it, 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 and you know what? It's clearly a skill because you know some guys talk about being able to to hit the ball 350 yards in the air. Yeah, that's a skill. Being able to punch out and get that ball within like eight feet of the pin twice. At Augusta National, in the final group, like hits a screaming hook on nine from under the trees. That was carries that was it, my, probably my favorite shot of the tournament. Carries it just over the bunker, has it bite on the edge of the green, take the slope and roll down to like four feet for bird. Ty would be shaking his head. Well, I've seen him do this. He shakes his head for the next half an hour when you do <laughs> something like that. It, it's unbelievable. So shout out Cam Smith. God, that was that was entertaining. <laughs> the, so, the kid that looked like uh, he was being waiting for his mom to pick him up and drive chip and putt. I'm not the first person to say that. That's just no. a funny that, that we've been saying for years with the guy. Like he, yeah. he, he I, I call, I've been calling it. I called him two years ago. He a fivele. Like I just, I mean, that doesn't really work. But I mean, like he's 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 interesting looking. <laughs> and and people go, oh, you know, he got lucky. You know what? It is a skill to hit punch outs and control those trajectories. How many times do you play with amateurs and they're trying to punch out? And it may not happen that much abandoned dunes because there's just a, a an apparent lack of trees, and that's obviously by design unless you're out on trails. Well, they're um, not they're planning it. Well, they're let me put it this way: they're not planting any more trees out there. If anything, they've been removing them here or there. So, yeah, and you watch John Rahm on number eight make a massacre hitting trees down the left side trying to punch out. You saw Justin Thomas just trying to punch out, hit a tree ricochet. Like it is not easy to like visually create those shots and pull them off properly. It's not easy. It takes practice. That's why I have a lot of, 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 I got to give club guy, club pro guy, a lot of credit here, man. His, his punch out game is strong. That's a skill. It's a absolutely. Hey, uh, real real quick. I just now realized this. What happened to Francisco Molinari? Did he die from COVID or something? Cause he's Italian. I, I, I'm just not thinking what the hell happened to Frankie Molinari. Um, Like Ryder Cup. He, he, did he disappear in a skiing accident or something? 
No, he was institutionalized for last year since he dunked one in the water on Ray's Creek. Huh? What are you talking about? From the master? I know what you're talking. I know what swing you're talking about. But are you being serious? Was he institutionalized? No, but he just hasn't recovered from it. He's oh. okay. I, you're you're not wrong. I, I wouldn't give that take exactly. But like God rest his soul, didn't mean that to come up. All right, you just brought up two names. They're actually in this next block of three that I want to mention. And uh, you know what? I'm going to start off with John Rom. Oh, I thought you were going to say Club Pro guy. Uh, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. But I was going to mention him too. We're on a we're on a roll here. This might be our best episode ever. I mean, come on. <clears throat> great. Well, I'm not going to say great minds, just certain minds. Like we could be perverted mm-hmm. minds. Strange. But uh, Ju- Justin Thomas, you know, to be fair, I've been looking at his master's performance. He's not that. <laughs> is Justin Thomas the most like, I don't want to say overrated golfer, but I mean, he, he's close to it. Is but overrated and being an overachiever are different things. He's an underachiever. He's an overrated underachiever. Is he, you can't say modern day, but is he the new Ricky Fowler? That's the third name I was going to bring up in this little list here in the next block of like, what the hell happened to these guys? Now, Rom and JT were still around, but they didn't mm-hmm. make moves. Like, like I'm waiting. John Rom, it's a matter of time. That guy's just a ball of talent. JT, I feel like he, even though he might be the same age, JT is polished enough and has the game enough where I'm just kind of like, why the hell are you winning a major every other year at least for the next few years? And then Fowler, they, they mentioned on no laying up, but it's right. Like he disappeared when he played against Tiger. Like he just shot 75. And then just like yeah. and then just had to go wipe his bottom, and then he was done. Is it's Ricky Fowler? Like they're right. Are we going to bring him up anymore? He didn't stick around for DJ's uh, like ceremony, and like and Bubba Watson was there. Granted, I was a member, but I mean, still, I didn't know if they were friends. I mean, what the hell's up with Ricky? I'm, I'm, this might be the last time I ask this, and I'm going to go put him on fantasy I- like the, the Island of Misfit Toys with Jordan Spieth and Smiley Coffin's getting the beer cold right now. Now I believe Ricky's been doing some swing changes with butch um that probably has something to do with it is this bryson's fault see it might i for at least a year rick uh, ricky's always been either 43 and a half or 44 inch driver i believe he's now longer than 45 inches so i think this has something to do with it now I want to move on to a more relevant conversation, which is Justin Thomas. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 like I said, there's not much to say about Fowler. I was just wondering if you had anything at all, but we don't. Justin Thomas may be one of the most erratic drivers of the golf ball to ever be called a great driver of the golf ball. And I don't mean that by and I, I, I don't mean that by okay, he, he only hits 55% of the fairways and he's always, you know, a foot into the rough or a couple yards into the rough. This guy, he can be in contention on a Sunday and all of a sudden he can't find planet earth with a three wood. Like you go back to the, the, was it Memorial or the work day? He was, I want to say it was the work day. I think that was, yeah, I remember what time of year it was, but I got my tournaments mixed up. Cause he ended up, well, he choked away a three-shot lead up yeah. with three holes to go. And then he, he, I don't believe he hit another fairway or even close to a fairway in the playoff. Last week, no, sorry, not last week, that was Houston, but a, a few weeks ago, he's in contention. Can't hit planet Earth off the tee. 
So for somebody who they rave about, oh, he's such a great driver of the golf ball. He gets so much, he does get a lot out of his frame. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's five foot 10, 150 pounds or 135 pounds or whatever. He eats cheeseburgers with Jordan Spieth on the weekend. Good for him. But for you to be considered, uh, you know, best in the world, always a contender for these major championships, there's no mixtape on the internet that, that says, hey, Justin Thomas's most epic drives ever. Right. Well, I, I don't well, fill in the blank. How many videos are out there other than like Tiger or a few other guys with so many words? I get what you're saying, but I mean, yeah, you're, you're, so. and you're, you're something to like to me that I find very interesting. That is a factor. I mean, and, and you know what? This also lends that stupid quote in golf. I hate where it's like you drive for show, you putt for dough. It's like, no, you drive to set yourself up on the hole. You mm-hmm. drive to keep it in the short grass so you have an easier iron shot so it, so you can be putting for birdie instead of chipping for on and then par if you're in the rough. I mean, it sometimes it goes without saying, but that's why I, I when it comes to golf cliches, half are true and I love them and half of them are freaking hogwash. I mean, that's yeah. we've been before in an yep. episode. I mean, and I, 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 just, I live that every day caddying at the course. I mean, Jesus, Pete. I, I'm glad he has a major. It is a PGA, so there's probably an asterisk beside that. Um, but what? Well, what the hell does that mean? I'm just kidding. Because really, the fourth major championship, if if the PGA Tour would like you to believe, is the Players Championship. So uh, I, no, I'm just they, I, they, I'm, they I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I, I'm not taking anything away from Justin Thomas. I'm just saying right now, his closing rate is very suspect. He's just for always being in contention. He does need to lock something down, do a runaway victory. He just really has not done that before. Well, and and we'll step off these guys here in a second, but it reminds me of a tweet that I put out and I I did do the reverse jinx for DJ. I was trying because usually I'd be like, Oh my man, DJ is coming back on the back nine. Here we go. But that's when I said, uh, my whole thing, like, can we all agree that DJ's not a closer if he if he doesn't pull this off? I mean, it's 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 official or whatever if it isn't already. But I was mm-hmm. trying to come up with a tweet in my head that, that didn't work out. Where it's just like, if anyone was more of a starting pitcher but can't do a complete goddamn game, it's Dustin Johnson. Now it's Justin. Th- I mean, Justin Thomas is one of those guys where he's like, he's a starter. He's like one of those guys who's like Mike Miner or whatever, like a great lefty. But it's just like he's gonna give you six quality innings, but after six innings the gas tank, the needle's already on the, on the E-bar. I mean, it's like... He's, he's, he's Gio Gonzalez. You know, that's... I mean, it's funny you say that because Gio... Gio used to be known for going the distance. I mean, I know he's got nasty stuff and he's a crappy pitcher, but this also isn't the baseball podcast. I mean, we, you and I could... We love baseball. We could talk about it for days. So, anyways, uh, okay, we're getting off those guys there. Done with that. The only people we need really to talk about left are... Uh, let's. I'll, I'll just dump it in right there real quick. Uh, Bernard Longer. I mean, shout out to my boy, Gary Guidus. He's a caddy that I work with. I mentioned him on the show before. He uh, likes breaking up our podcast into 20-minute segments in his bath. And um, and so he's definitely listening to us right now while nude. So <laughs> good stuff. Anyways, um, he picked he, – I want to find the text here, and I want to find exactly when he said it because he was – he texted me one night just, like, spouting off all these names. He said um, – <laughs> He's he's making fun of me for all the Lagavulin I drink, but he said uh, he said wrapped up the uh, wrapped up the Masters preview. This is on Tuesday before the Masters. He said wrapped up the Masters preview pod. Got my upside love on Freddie Bernard. He put Bernard Longer's name in there second. I was about to light his ass up for it. Phil Weir. He said Weir. Oh God, Gary. Much love to you. I need to meet this guy. Uh, Actually, I'm going to bring him up and then the show too. Zach. Zach Who? Zach Johnson. 
yeah, it, he wants to be a, a semi-cast member, but he doesn't want to say anything on these on these episodes. And I'll, I'll broach that at the end of this episode. But uh, no love for Bryson Cupcake. <laughs> he meant <laughs> Brooks and DJ. Watch out for Rom, Usti, Xander, Fleetwood. Okay, so that was a broad stroke of a lot of things. But he did say, like, upside love on Freddie. Yeah, that's boom, boom. Who, who doesn't love that? I mean, unless he was thinking Freddie Jacobson. Um, but Bernard Longer was the second name he mentioned, 63 years old, oldest player to make the cut at the Masters, was paired with Bryson DeChambeau, and we all know the fun that everyone's making about how they're 40 years apart and the driving distance is so different, and at the same time, like, uh, Bernard's uh, giving him a little dosey do and beating him by two strokes, but uh, any thoughts on uh, Longer? You love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> I Just for how that all played out, you couldn't have written a script more fitting than oh we're gonna take the guy who's hitting it 375 yards he's gonna hit wedges into all par fives for second Why shots, using quotes for that? he was using quotes for that i mean is it, is it because like we said it or are you being sarcastic i'm being somewhat sarcastic but at the same time it's no, like you know sarcastic. what <laughs> he par is only 67 for him so when we look at what he actually shot, three over, ten over, stop it, stop twelve it. over, <laughs> he shot eighteen over according to his par. Is this I don't think wrong with his par. It makes sense. You know what? I think he better go back to the drawing board, go on keto, lose eighty pounds, and become super flexible. You know, he is going to go on, uh, back to the drawing board because this is what he does. Like, and, and real quick, I want to ask you, why did he, I know this is what he does. Why did he employ the longer driver? Wasn't he doing just fine? I'm not the first person to ask this, but wasn't he doing just fine with like the, four, with his regular driver at Wingfoot? And then this week, was he using the long driver? I, I was under the impression he did. You know what? I, I don't know. I was under the impression he did not go to the long driver. Oh, uh, well, he was, I mean, he, he not, was, not he was, back to the well, that's not what the no laying up guys said. And they're, they're pretty right on the ball. Yeah. I, 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 he was, they kept talking about it and showing it. I was sitting there going like, well, until the USGA deems this length illegal, he's going to play with it. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe he did. I'm not hundred percent sure, but uh, just clearly oh. his formulas were not working out this weekend. I wonder what he does next. I would love to see him uh, wear a fedora instead of that stupid ass hat. So he can really embrace Jason Siegel from uh, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ooh, two of the same movie reference in one movie, uh, show. I got to stop that. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Um, not much to talk about. I picked Bryson. I was in the majority of people who picked Bryson. I still stand by my decision. Heck, you know what, Matt? This isn't going to be the Masters preview preview right now, but I still stand by my decision early on right now. I still pick Bryson for the next Masters. I do. I, I sincerely do. Um, that's uh, really the last name to talk about on here. Unless you want to talk about DJ, uh, um, how about Tiger? Tiger, uh, I don't, I don't want to say he hung around. He didn't hang around enough, but I've been seeing a lot of people talk about it, and it is a very good, very, very good story of how he got that ten on uh, on uh, number twelve. Like, and I, when I was watching in the background, I thought he got like a five or a six. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. that like what to, the, to what magnitude what was going on. But to grind it out and pull off a Charles Schwartzel and birdie four holes coming in and like birdie five of the last six. It is the best. Te- and, and even somebody said he didn't snap a club, didn't yell a curse word, didn't like, you know, kick anything. And he had every right to. He took a 10 at Augusta on Sunday on national TV on the back nine when he was eh, not in contention, but he was still around. And that and he like like a class act 
for some reason that, that might have woke Tiger up because I hate seeing Tiger get into that 78 autopilot mode on Sunday when he knows he's not in it like he does at Riviera and just cruises right through like he has a plane to catch because he wants to play in three hours. He actually like I mean, that was a sweet final six. That that was it. It goes to show you a lot of things about Tiger, the champion mindset, the legend that he is. Um, what I found most admiring about it was how he spoke about it afterwards. Right? He he wasn't upset. He was completely honest. He was very articulate in in, in his mind frame about what happened on the tee. He, he said he committed to the wrong wind. Clearly it had, it had changed and he just, you know, didn't want to commit to playing that different wind. Um, it, what was really concerning for me was watching him in the bunker after hitting his, I want to say sixth shot into the water from the bunker, trying to get out, looked like he was very, very tight. Um, and, and those kind of give you those flashbacks to, it, the days where you didn't know if he was showing up and even able to finish 36 holes. So for him to come back, he, like you said, birdies five of his final six holes, just, you know, a, a, a masterful effort. Um, it up. Very, very almost gracious in defeat is what I want to call it. Um, and very honest. He didn't really give that sugar coated. Oh, you know, I wasn't, you know, feeling the greatest today. The back was a little tight. You know, he spoke about it in detail uh took it almost like a badge of honor so kudos to him he was a very promising start i will say that he, he kind of had a, a, a complete round um drivers working irons were working short game was sharp um you know do we expect him it i i think the guys over at the other podcast said it best is that maybe we shouldn't be expecting a 2019 masters performance like we always do those are going to be now a little more rare and spread out. And we should really cherish those moments we have in, we have in the future when he is playing like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and kind of when he won in 2019, I didn't, I, I did not take it for granted. It was probably the first time I was in the moment since I was like tripping balls at a rock concert going, put your phone away. Don't take a picture. Just soak it in. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. exactly. I, I, I know where I was for two majors. One was Tiger Woods winning in 2019. The other was 2010 Whistling Straits when uh, Dustin Johnson hit into an ashtray and touched the sand and he got jobbed. Like those are the two majors that I know the most more than anything. Yeah. I mean, or, or at least stand out to me or whatever. So um, we really don't need to cover DJ much. I mean, that hasn't been said already unless you have anything absolutely you want to add to it. I mean, setting the scoring record, I think we kind of already addressed that or maybe not want to address that because it's, a, it's an asterisk kind of a tournament, so to speak. That's why I really don't want to I want to come in. Oh, 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 no. Cops look over here. There's nothing in the backseat of the car. Woo, look at the front seat. Woo, look over here. So, I mean, I, is there anything you want to bring up about DJ before we wrap this up? It's been going a little long. Um, what I will say is that we finally found that human element inside DJ. And it yeah, but, was very. Yeah, but did we, though? I, I think we uncovered that there's actually a human in there there's always been a human in there are you just one of those people who like always mocked him for his psyche and now everyone's sucking his psyche's dick right now i mean because there's no. all sorts of people coming out saying like sports psychologists are in a roundabout fashion saying he has the most brilliant approach to to sports period i'm like that's just because he won you're not like me and the other 10 percent who said no that's actually a really cool like he seems like a dullard but that might be even if he is that might be the way to go about golfing i mean come on yeah uh, it, it is a mindset that 
I think is beneficial. You know, we see the the John Rom mindset, you know, makes a big number on Saturday. Really didn't recover. Now Rom finished yeah. extremely strong. Um, mm-hmm. if you look at the second the the last third of his Sunday scorecard. But ever since that big moment on number eight on Saturday, um, definitely some issues for a guy to as Jerry's got the the whiteboard of bets coming across the screen. Um, We'll we'll touch, we'll touch on that. Um, But yeah, I I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I think DJ maybe is misunderstood by those, by by the general public. Um, And I think this really cleared the air a little more. Um, Yes. He has that. It's almost like that non-intelligent, vibe that he's just he's just there to play golf but he, he seems really slow. how about how, how can anyone that slow be that in the cocaine <laughs> what that's yeah. that was a joke <laughs> i'm sorry but that that was a good one um wow. what i will say it, it was nice to see that emotion from dj you could you could very much tell how much he cared about the masters and winning that tournament and it was great to see it so um what? One final question for you: How many more majors does DJ win? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you that Grand Slam nonsense. I'm just gonna say, how many more majors does DJ win? Uh, I'll post the over. I'll post the over under at one and a half. What do you think? Do you think he's winning more than one major, or do you think he's gonna win at least one more major for sure? I I think I'd have to go over, over one and a half. That's why I put it at one and a half because I think he has two more in the tank. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just in terms of for sure. But the guy is, what, 11 for 22 now going into the final round of leading a tournament. That's when you look at it, it's like those are almost like Tiger numbers where it's like, whoa, this guy's been around a lot. So, I mean, yeah. just because, it doesn't mean you're a choker. Look at Phil Mickelson's Ryder Cup record. It is abysmal. It is oh, it's awful. awful. Just because he's played in every freaking Ryder Cup of this century. That's all. He's just a massive shit ton of bad points. I mean, and mm-hmm. Tigers is that much better. Yeah. And imagine having I, to be paired with guys like Jeff Overton. I forgot. I think, uh, no, what it is, is Phil Mickelson's like the second most points earner in Ryder Cup history for America. And he's got like a shit record to boot. And he's got like an under 500 record. Because I think Billy Casper has the most. Like, Billy Casper was, like, the American assassin in Ryder Cups. Like, if people don't know, it's like, well, read a book. Like, that guy was, that guy was sneaky good. And I think he mm-hmm. only won two U.S. Opens and A Masters. That was it, or if that. So, anyways, to wrap this extra long episode up, we got to bring up the board bets here. Because I did have Bryson. That didn't work. Bad at Xander. That's why it's right here. Winning score, though. Why don't we talk about the winning score for a second? The over-under that I set was at 11 and a half. I remember we had a 10 and a half, and I had to beg and plead to get up to 11 and a half by giving you, if you you get a three-to-one kicker, if the score landed on 11 and a half. Matt, we had two runner-ups, like, almost set scoring records on their own. Cam Smith became the first player to break 70 in all four rounds, and he didn't win the GD tournament. I always knew something like that would happen because that's just sports, baby. But uh, Jerry wins the over on the score. You don't get your three-to-one solo. Now down here, I got <laughs> I got Xander's never winning the Masters. I but I didn't put like a bet or anything behind that. I just know I wrote that. And then we got here. Matt says Rory's going to win a Masters, and I said G- DJ's going to win a major. Talk about a double cross. We've all been there. You're aiming out over the bad target because of the wind, and then you just double cross it and pierce it the other direction and peer the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Ouch. It should say DJ wins the Masters before Rory wins another major. But you have your heart set on 
I mean, I get it. It, it, nobody hates Rory, but I mean, it, just just because the horse is adorable, you got to see if it's the best one in the race. So, yeah, so, uh, hey, back, to, back to the drawing board. <laughs> just much like Bryson. Listen, I know we had like fifty dollars international on it or something. You proposed to me that you you had a Link Soul gift card of $100, and I guess Link Soul doesn't ship to Canada. I and you wanted to get something in return for that. Yes, I'll still get you like a nice ashtray or tchotchke from Band of Dunes or something in return. But I think that $100 Link Soul card should just come my way, just a one way mail, because uh, Link Soul is one of my fans. I think the coupon code is in the email. Uh, I'll forward it to you. <laughs> You don't have to, but that's, I was thinking that the whole time, like, should I broach this on the air for the first time just to really, really try to get at him? But, but that was great. I mean, honestly, it was a good masters. All the runners up were a lot of fun too. I mean, like, all, I don't want to say there were no namers. They kind of were, but they're guys that are coming around. So uh, that, uh, that <laughs> checks all my boxes. Uh, uh, Casey, make sure you kick the shit out of that chow, the bit mom, please. Uh, I had to cover that, but uh, is there any, any plugs you want, uh, Smitty? Uh, anything you want to share? Where you're, what, what are you what are you doing uh, these days up in Canada? Not golfing. Uh, golf courses are are well, I shouldn't say all courses, but um, the courses in my general area are now closed. So, uh, yeah, there there's not much going on up here. We're experiencing kind of that second wave, is is what they want to call it. Um, looks like we're headed towards some more precautionary measures that way. So really. There, there's not much to do, um, but too. yeah, get getting through it one day, one day We're, at a time, buddy. One day at a time. I'm, I hate to say it. I mean, at least this time I saved up some money. Our Thanksgiving plans got canceled yesterday uh, because uh, I was going to meet with some family, not all family, because I do have a grandmother who is elderly, but she, she even got COVID. And since she got COVID, like I asked her a few weeks after she got it, and she said, she kind of gave me the whole, what are you talking about treatment? And that was it. I'm just like, never mind. I guess you'll tell me something if something happens. And she hasn't said squat. We're talking about the weather because we've had like crazy stormy weather here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, come Wednesday, new mandates are being handed down in the state of Oregon. And um, but there is a little bit of back chatter about like, you know, things might just get shut down on Wednesday as well. That being said, I didn't know Call of Duty Cold War was so new. I happened to buy it like the second day it was out. And I forgot how good I am at Call of Duty, man. This is fun. Like, I was literally playing it right up till we started this recording. I'm going to hang up and go, like, grab those sticks and keep playing. <laughs> Tell you what, if you're up for it, uh, maybe, because you can play Warzone Link. I, I have PC now uh, for my gaming, but uh, we should be able to play together with the Activision login stuff. Well, cross crossplay is pretty yeah, much a it- it's almost enabled across the board now. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. we can't do it for PGA Tour 20 to 2K21. That's that's a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. Um, I'm, that's Matt Smith. He's at Bomb Squad Matt on the Twitter machine. I'm Jerry Lou, Jerry Lou Looper on the Twitter machine. And you can find me catting at Band of Dunes, hopefully for you. Just call us, uh, give us a request. One last question for you, Matt, and this will dictate the last two minutes of this show. A fellow Canadian hero, um, are you familiar with Tom Green? Yes, I am. What's 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 Canada's take on Tom Green? Because America kind of embraced him, but it, for like it was a little bit of gross out humor in it, which I thought was hilarious. Like in high school, I tried to be our high school's Tom Green, and and I thought I was pretty successful at it. But what's your take on him? Um, I I don't know, not my cup of tea humor wise. Um, but that being said, when when he does something great, Canada's like, yeah, 
Tom Green, Canada's own. own boy. And then the other 94% of the time we're like, oh when yeah, Tom, 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 when, when, when his bum's on my lips, his bum's on my lips, um, we <laughs> tend to forget that he's actually Canadian. So, and that's all I have to say about that. That's a very Canadian thing of you uh, to say and, and, uh, and, and posture to adopt. Um, were you familiar with his uh, Tom Green's TV show on MTV in the late 90s? not really no okay. the tom green then, show you know I'll, I'll share i'll share it with you off the air uh, in, in the late 90s up here in canada it was the red green show that we tuned into oh was that his show you've never what, heard of what? the red green show no dude i'm sorry oh oh yeah i guess it's a cbc thing so yeah Canadian well, broadcasting crazy. corporation it took Netflix to pry Trailer Park Boys out of your cold hands. I mean, <laughs> true. Yeah. Hey, so look, look it up. Red Green uh, to all our listeners out there who are non-Canadian or, or just are Canadian and don't know about it. Check it out. Duct tape. That's uh, that's. But hey, I, I will admit from back when I was a very little kid, I'm a kids in the hall guy. Kids in the hall, top to mm-hmm. bottom. One of the funniest because like, I like sketch comedy. And kids in the hall is funny sketch comedy. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I. I'll tell you off the air, even though we're still talking. Let's get this show wrapped up. Uh, Thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, And remember to keep those bay doors open and uh, bombs away.